Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 92, and I'm drinking Appleton Estate Signature Jamaica Rum. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose Appleton Estate for this episode because I'm currently in an online boozy book club and we're reading the book Smuggler's Cove with particular focus on the portion dedicated to rum classification. So I've got a lot of rum on my mind, but nothing on my shelf from Jamaica. So I grabbed a bottle of Appleton Estate to start with. For the bottle itself, packaging was recently updated, but it's still what I describe as a flattened pear shape, and the bottle looks like it has hips. The clear glass is rather plain, except for the 1749 molded into the front and back of the bottle at the shoulder. The neck is longish, it's not too long or stubby, but you can see a synthetic stopper topped with wood visible through the clear shrink wrap. There's a mostly green collar label that depicts the estate on the bottom of the neck below the stopper. I would call the front label understated. This is a change from prior labels that used to feature a larger logo. The current label is an off-white color, mostly or almost tinged with green. Green is the main color of ink used other than the black for the Appleton Estate logo type, which arches over the top. Signature is the next largest text. This denotes the blend, and it is rendered in green. Crafted in the heart of Jamaica, as well as single estate Jamaica rum, is also on the front label. The Appleton Estate insignia is represented in green behind the text, and the insignia is kind of like a coat of arms. The insignia itself is made up of five elements, detailed on the brand's website, but from top to bottom they are the blue maho which is the national tree of Jamaica, then an element of the Jamaica flag. Next is buds of the ackee, which is a Jamaican fruit. There's also a pair of doctor birds, which are a type of hummingbird. And then last is the lingnum vita, a tree referred to as the wood of life. Finishing off the front label is the text, Our estate's storied history and commitment to expressing Jamaica's unique terroir is embodied in our signature rum blend. Established 1749, Nassau Valley, and then proof and volume information are tucked in the corners. The back label is smaller and in a similar style. Honestly, the text is rather small, but reads below the logo, inspired by the vibrancy of Jamaica, its land, and the joyful nature of its people. Our signature blend is a fruit-forward expression of aged rum with aromas and notes of dried apricot, fresh peach, and a subtle hint of sweet molasses. Our rums aged in the tropical climate of Jamaica are crafted with Jamaican limestone-filtered water with no added flavors. Enjoy, as I do, in a classic rum cocktail. This is signed Joy Spence, Master Blender. Legal information follows. The last thing about my bottle is for the life of me, I swear the front label isn't quite straight on the bottle and I picked the best from the shelf when buying. No matter, let's go ahead and open it up. So this is a fresh bottle. It's got clear shrink wrap. Let's pull this off. Oh, come on now. Always struggling with plastic. 
<laughs> it is perforated. I just can't seem to tear it on the perforation. There we go. Got the little zip. Now, let's see if we get a pop. Like all spirits I taste on this podcast, I am tasting it neat, which is room temperature right out of the bottle, no dilution. I'm also using a clean Glencairn glass. It's a whiskey nosing glass ideal for seeing the spirit, nosing the spirit, and of course, tasting the spirit. So let's give it a pour. In the glass, it has a nice golden amber color to it. Looks just like it does in the bottle, because, of course, the bottle is clear glass as well. On the nose. Oh, it is kind of fruity. Uh, I've got molasses, though. Let's try again. I can see where they are describing dried apricot and fresh peach on the label as some flavors, aromas. First, though, I do get some molasses. It's sweet rum, but not sharp. Okay, let's go for a taste. Ooh, ooh, that's nice. Oh, toasted marshmallow. They're sort of as I inhale. Oh, <laughs> toasted marshmallow. Got some nutmeg. It's got a light burn from the ethanol as my palate warms up to this 80 proof spirit. Let's go for another taste. It is smooth. There's a warmness to it. Mmm. <laughs> very, very pleasant. I'm, I'm struggling to find additional descriptions, but wow. There again, toasted marshmallow is really surprising to me that I get that really distinct, you know, campfire. You've roasted the marshmallow just perfectly. You get that bite of it. But is there fruitiness? What else is in here? I will say it's smooth on the third drink here. I don't get any of the burn because palate's warmed up for the ethanol on it. It's quite nice. There's a, a sweetness to it, underlying sweetness, but of course there's no added sugar in it. Oh, I, I'm really enamored by a toasted marshmallow flavor that I get on this signature blend. So let's dive right into history. Appleton Estate is from Jamaica, of course, and perhaps the most famous exported brand of rum from the island. It's also noted to be the second oldest rum brand after Mount Gay that I featured in episode 89. My first experiences with Appleton Estate were on my honeymoon 17 years ago this month. My new wife and I spent our first week of wedded bliss at an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica, and I won a bottle of Appleton Estate rum during a limbo contest one evening. Well, actually, I came in second, but the winner was a local who lived in Kingston, Jamaica, and he gifted me the bottle. Not that we really needed anything more to drink, seeing as it was an all-inclusive resort with cocktails at the ready, also, our in-room mini bar, if you could call it that, was simply full-size bottles of spirits on the counter with a mini fridge stocked with mixers and red stripe beer. 
Needless to say, we drank the Appleton estate during our stay and nothing came home with us. I do have an old photo of me posing with my prize, this bottle of Appleton Estate that I'll dig up and I'll share it on social media. So be sure you're following me on Instagram and Facebook to see that. The history of the Appleton Estate brand begins in 1749, the date molded into the bottle. This is when records indicate rum was first distilled on the sugarcane plantation. But really, prior to that, rum had been produced on the island of Jamaica since European colonizers first came with sugarcane. The Spanish first settled in 1510 and wiped out the indigenous population of Arawak people who had been living on Jamaica since around 700 AD. The British took control of the island from the Spanish in 1655. Honestly, the Spanish didn't put up much of a fight. The Appleton Estate itself is an expansive 11,000-acre estate comprising sugarcane plantations, refinery, and distillery covering a unique area of the Nassau Valley in a geographical formation known as a karst. A karst is a rare landscape made of cone-shaped limestone hill formations, caves, and underground water sources. This lush and abundant area is an ideal growing environment for sugarcane. Appleton Estates does not irrigate their cane fields. The climate is so well suited for its growth that there are daily rain showers around 2.30 in the afternoon. The estate was founded in 1655, the year the British seized Jamaica from the Spanish, and is believed to have been a land grant made to Francis Dixon for his role in the English capture of Jamaica. However, it seems Francis Dixon gave the estate to his grandsons Caleb and Ezekiel as they are the earliest known owners of the estate. In 1749, rum was first produced. 1825 is the next notable date in the history of this spirit. This is when John Ray, a native of Kingston, Jamaica, whose previous profession was as a wheelwright, opened the Shakespeare Tavern in Kingston and it grew alongside the town itself, which became the capital of Jamaica in 1877. Early on, John Ray began blending rums. In 1860, John Ray brought on his nephew, Charles James Edward, to handle the business operations of the tavern. This is when the very descriptive J. Ray and Nephew Company was formed, and where the name is still in use today comes from. Charles Ward, the nephew, was gifted in business management, and John Ray retired from the business in 1862 after 37 years. John Ray enjoyed retirement for eight years and died in 1870, and the business was left solely to Charles Ward. Ward expanded the Shakespeare Tavern to become a liquor dealer as well and became Jamaica's largest exporting commercial enterprise for a time. They were blending their own rums, and as early as 1862, the year that John Ray retired, the firm won three gold medals for their 10, 15, and 25-year-old rums at the International Expedition held in London. The J. Ray and Nephew rums would continue to win international awards in the 1800s from Paris, Amsterdam, New Orleans, and at home in Jamaica. Ward continued expanding the business, producing more than just rum. In 1901, he acquired the Money Musk estate. Charles Ward died in 1913. 
Three years later, in 1916, Lindo Brothers and Company purchased J. Ray and Nephew from the trustees of the Charles Ward estate. In the same year, they purchased the Appleton estate. Francis Dixon's heirs had sold the estate in 1855, so the Lindo Brothers purchased it from the then-current owners. In 1917, all distillery operations from J. Ray and Nephew were moved to the Appleton estate. A brand was introduced in 1916 named Appleman'i Rum, which was a blend of Appleton estate-produced rum and rum from the Money Musk estate Charles Ward had acquired in 1901. The world had to wait until 1944 when the first Appleton estate-branded rum would appear. Prior to this date, J. Ray and Nephew rums had referred to Appleton in their rums, but they'd not go as far as to brand them as such. But with World War II in full swing, whiskey had become hard to come by, and an aged rum that was described as smooth, light, and fragrant, named Appleton Estate Special, was sold as a substitute for whiskey to domestic Jamaican consumers. This rum would be renamed simply Appleton Special. Post-war in 1957, Lindo sells the J. Ray and Nephew holdings to three equal partners, Lassalis de Mercado, the Henriquez Brothers Limited, and Sir Harold Mitchell. There's a series of additional changes in ownership, including mergers and such, up until 1989 when Lassalis de Mercado ends up owning all of J. Ray and Nephew as a wholly owned subsidiary. Jump ahead to 2008 and the parent company of Angostura, Trinidad's CL Financial, purchases Lassalis de Mercado, inclusive of the J. Ray and Nephew subsidiary that owned Appleton Estate. Four years later, Grupo Campari bought Lassalis de Mercado and all their holdings, making Appleton Estate Rum an Italian-owned company. Campari owns the brand as of this recording and considers it one of their global priority brands alongside such marquees as Wild Turkey, Grand Marnier, Aperol, and of course, Campari. But ownership is not all there is to the story. Most notably is back in 1997 when Joy Spence was appointed Master Blender, making her the first female Master Blender in the industry. She remains at the helm today, and not only does her signature grace each bottle, but she was honored with having the new visitor's center named after her that opened at the Appleton Estate in 2018, named the Joy Spence Appleton Estate Rum Experience. 2002 was the first year that Appleton Estate as a brand sold more than 1 million cases of rum. 2015 brought the first rebranding of Appleton Estates under Campari's ownership. They created consistency in the naming structure of the various rum expressions, starting with renaming the Appleton Estate XV to Appleton Estate Signature, the version I've been enjoying while recording this episode. Nothing changed with the liquid product itself, just the naming was updated. The labels were updated as well to depict the landscape of the area the estate is located in, and a common sight on spirits labels, historic gold medals, were included in the bottom right. This rebranding was just the first step in a march to premiumize Appleton Estate brand. A trend happening across rum, something that Mount Gay, which I featured two episodes back, 
is definitely focused on. In spring of 2020, Appleton Estate had its latest rebrand, resulting in the bottle I have today for the tasting. Master Blender Joy Spence was quoted as saying of the refreshed brand, With this relaunch, Appleton Estate proudly celebrates our Jamaican heritage in a thoroughly modern way. We hope that our new look and feel elevates the high-end cocktail and the sophisticated sipping experience while continuing to spread the joy of rum globally. In 2020, Appleton Estate sold 1,000,009-liter equivalent cases worldwide, down from a high of 1.3 million in 2015. Okay, so now onto how it's made. Appleton Estate is somewhat of a rarity in that it is all made on the estate. The brand calls it cane to cup or cane to cocktail. They express a sense of terroir with their rum, so much so that they use the term terroir on the bottle's label. Terroir, originally applied to wine, describes the particular sense of place where a specific product is produced, bringing into its meaning the soil, climate, topography, etc. that creates the unique natural environment from which a product originates. Appleton Estates, as of 2016, was known to grow more than 10 varieties of sugarcane, with as much as 15% of it hand-harvested due to the terrain. 10 tons of sugarcane can yield about 30 cases of rum, but to get there, they have to harvest the cane, press it, refine it to get to the molasses, then ferment the molasses prior to distillation, then aging and blending. Water used in fermentation of the molasses is drawn from the source of the Black River, which flows through the estate. This is a limestone spring. Fermentation takes about a day and a half and uses a cultured, non-GMO type of yeast from the estate. Distillation is done in a combination of the estate's modern column stills that were installed around 1970, as well as five traditional copper pot stills that were brought over from Scotland more than 250 years ago. These pot stills are said to impart the signature orange peel top note of the rum. And honestly, I need to go back and nose it again and see if I pick up that orange peel top note. The pot stills finish at about 85% ABV, and the column stills finish at about 92% ABV. The new spirit is then aged in number one American white oak bourbon barrels. It was also reported that every three years, they combine the rum in a batch of barrels to minimize headspace and evaporation. This is because in the tropical climate, the rum ages two to three times faster than it would in a cooler climate. Next comes blending. The signature blend I'm drinking does not include an age statement, but is said to be blended from rums around four years old. Joy Spence, the master blender, oversees the blending. They marry the blend for about six weeks before bottling, doing dilution to bottling proof of 40% ABV in stages. When it's all done, the rum goes into bottles and somewhere around 80% of production is exported from Jamaica, with key markets being the US, Canada, UK, and Mexico. Jamaican rum, including of course Appleton Estate, has a GI or geographical indication, something that the Campari Group had a hand in creating. All rum producers in Jamaica signed on to the agreement in 2016 as a way to certify and codify rum produced on the island. 
Requirements to be able to be called Jamaican rum include the rum must be made in Jamaica with limestone filtered water, it must be fermented from molasses, age only in oak barrels, and perhaps most importantly, the age statement on the bottle reflects the youngest rum in the blend. Jamaica also prohibits the addition of sugar to rums, nor can it have any coloring except for cane sugar caramel. So Appleton Estate adheres to these guidelines at a minimum. So that's the story of how it's made. Now on to cocktails and consumption. I will say I have really enjoyed this signature blend, Neat. That toasted marshmallow is surprising and repeatedly I picked that flavor note up. It's quite good. But as the label says, this is a great rum for mixing in a rum cocktail. So in summary, what do I think of Appleton Estate Signature? It's really quite good. It's smooth, the toasted marshmallow flavor I get from it is very pleasant. It's got a nice different flavor than a lot of the other rums I've been drinking lately. That's one of the things I really enjoy about rum is while there's a lot of products called rum, and indeed they all are rum if they are produced from sugarcane, there's a variety of flavors. It is vast, the range of flavor you get from rum. And that's really why I've been doing this boozy book club I'm in, and we're talking all about rum classification. It's a fascinating discussion we've been having about how you categorize rum, if it's based on distillation method, whether it's made from sugar cane juice or molasses, if it's aged or not, all these different factors. Does it harken back to colonial zones, if it was British or Spanish, or is it French? All these different options. Anyway, all that is to say, this Appleton Estate Signature, oh, this is great. I'm going to always have a bottle on my bar now. It tastes really good. It's a great mixing version. This is the entry-level product. It's about 22 bucks a bottle. I'm going to start marching up the price and rarity scale. The next one is a six-year, then they have an eight-year. You can get into older, rarer casts that get quite a bit more expensive, but I'm excited to explore those as well. Anyway, I enjoy the connection of having honeymooned in Jamaica and winning a bottle of Appleton Estate rum then. So that's kind of nice. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are at liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I love hearing from my listeners, so if there is a spirit you would like to know more about, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>